ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Dylan Young Show. What is going on, guys? It is Dylan here on the Dylan Young Show. We are doing episode two tonight. Uh, Semi-emergency podcast, I guess you could call it. Uh, If it had been a true emergency podcast, we would have done it yesterday. um, As, you know, the news broke on um, Monday, uh, January 3rd, via Caleb Williams' own Twitter account. He posted a graphic to let the college football world know that he is officially going to be entering the transfer portal. And so kind of sent shockwaves not only through Sooner Nation, but uh, the college football world in general. Because, you know, uh, so much going on right now. College football landscape is looking uh, entirely different than what we're used to historically uh, between the NIL and between the transfer portal. Lots of moving parts, lots of moving pieces. And so on this episode, I'm here to hold it down for all of us, basically just average Joe fans. Uh, And then uh, I'm going to have a couple of guests on with me here shortly. Uh, I'm going to have my cousin Brandon Pollard on, who is a former high school All-State quarterback, uh, two-time state champion, one-time runner-up. And then also he went and played some college ball. Uh, he did a stint where he coached a year at Southwestern Oklahoma State University. Got some coaching, got his feet wet, getting some coaching experience there um, with the Bulldogs. And then the past two seasons, he has been on the Anadarko High School uh, coaching staff, which is, you know, it's Brandon's alma mater. Uh, he graduated from there. So I'm going to be having him on, and then I'm going to also be having his girlfriend on, Ton Knighty. And Ton is a former um collegiate athlete as well. Also um, went to school at OU, and she is entirely more intelligent than Brandon for sure. Uh, jury's still out on if she's more intelligent than me. Um, she probably is, for you know, for the truth to be told, but don't tell Ton I said that. So we'll see what this trio of us can uh, deliver for you guys tonight. Hope uh, you find it interesting, educational, and entertaining for sure. So while my producers are waiting for the... <laughs> I couldn't even get that out without laughing. I don't have any producers. I'm the producer, I'm the sound engineer, the everything. Uh, I'm in a garage, so it's, it's real official around here. But uh, anyways, while I'm waiting on Brandon and Ton, real quick, I am going to go ahead and let you guys know how you can um, communicate with me and interact with me on The Dylan Young Show. Do you have a question for Dylan? If so, you can email me anytime at thedylanyoungshow at gmail.com. There are one of two ways to go about submitting a question. Number one, you can go straight old school and just type a question and I will read it on an upcoming episode and answer the question. Just be sure to include your name and your city or town of residence so I can shout you out. Number two. Is much cooler though. And that would be to record yourself saying whatever you want, including your question, and attaching the file to email. I will then play the recording on the show and answer the question. Just be sure to start the voice memo off with your name and city or town of residence, then follow it up with whatever you have to say. So get at me, people. The show is better when you are a part of it. Again, that email is thedylanyoungshow at gmail.com. Do it. Seriously, guys, please do it. It's as simple as getting on your email or even your smartphone getting on your email and typing the Dylan Young Show at gmail.com and either like the promo just said, type your question, say your name, where you're from, and I will read it on the show, but you get way more cool points if you actually 
uh, utilize technology and record a voice memo of yourself. Say, hey, what's up? My name is Joe, and I am from Bentonville, Arkansas. Why did I say Bentonville, Arkansas? It's the most random. Anyways, um, blah, yada, 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 yada. This is what I think, and yada, 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 yada. This is my question. Send. Then Dylan puts that audio onto an upcoming podcast show, and he answers your questions. And what do you know? You've interacted, and it doesn't stop there. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to me. Just shoot me an email at that same email address, which is the Dylan Young Show at gmail.com. And let's open up some dialogue and kind of, you know, exchange a couple emails, figure out, um, first and foremost, if we want to do a show, if we have something, you know, um, interesting or entertaining to bring to the show to make an uh, episode out of it. And if so, we will schedule something. Uh, I've got some shows on the horizon, some ideas, just need to... Uh, get with that fancy producer of mine that I was talking about earlier, and <laughs> we need to do some scheduling and get some stuff lined up because I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm sure you guys have noticed that I uh, have a problem with babbling and rambling. There are several guests that I will be having on to where my babbling and rambling won't be as frequent because I'm going to have guests on that know things that I don't know much about at all. Which is very exciting to me because, as I've said in the past, that's the whole reason that this podcast isn't, you know, titled something about sports or something about drones or something about tech or cameras or movies or film or music or anything, entertainment, anything like that. It's just my name in the show because I want the topics, the genre, I want it to just be wide open to where I can be talking about anything week to week or show to show, so to speak. Okay, so the time is finally here. Brandon and Ton are now on with me. Uh, Brandon, Ton, don't care who goes first. How you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. What about you? Doing pretty good. Um, I, I, I kind of explained earlier before I had you guys on that, um, you know, we this is a semi-emergency podcast that we're doing because if it had <laughs> been a true emergency, we would have done it yesterday. So uh, this stuff with Caleb Williams, we're obviously going to talk about. Ton, how's it going? It's going well. How about you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, just ready <laughs> to do this show and see what, what all we can talk about. Um, so Ton, um, I was I kind of talking about you and Brandon earlier, obviously, with you guys being my guest here on episode two. And I, you know, let everybody kind of know about Brandon's background, being a college athlete, quarterback, playing in college and coaching now. And then um, I knew that you went to school. I knew that you were a college athlete, and then I knew that you ended up graduating at OU. But tell everybody, please, um, what your degree is in, and kind of, um, and kind of a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think, like every sport nut, I turned out a hometown hero. I played sports in high school. I ended up graduating and. Um, committing to a junior college, uh, Northern Oklahoma College in Tonkawa, Oklahoma. Um, it's about 15, 20 minutes from Ponca City. Not a lot of people really know where it is, but yeah, completed my um, associate's degree there, played center field softball, um, and then transferred to OU afterward. I did not continue playing sports after that. I decided I really wanted to focus on academics, but I actually double majored. So I have a degree in international business. And then I also have a degree in sports management and a minor in Japanese. So kind of all over the place. I don't know that that really helps my credibility, but 
definitely did some studying of sports and try to hit all my bases. Ton, I promise you that you are more credible for what it's worth than I am for sure. Because I'm just, I'm like I, like I said earlier before you guys were on, like I'm just holding it down for us average Joe sports nuts. You know what I mean? So right. don't you worry about that. And I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of hear kind of some of the things that uh, you learned about in your studies at OU. And uh, might I say you're quite an overachiever. I did not realize that you did all that. That's pretty impressive. It's really, I don't know if I would say that I'm an overachiever, but really just, I can't make up my mind. I just cannot ever make up my mind. Well, it played to your favor. Right. It did. It did. It just sounds, it sounds impressive. It's really the whole thing. Well, it is impressive and that it's a good problem to have is to be ambitious. You know what I mean? And and maybe a little bit of not knowing what you want to do because, uh, like I said, it worked out for you. So, um, anyways, uh, so Let's talk about uh, Caleb Williams. We know that um, he took to his Twitter account yesterday evening, or yesterday, it wasn't yesterday evening, and uh, released a graphic with all the verbiage, the wording, you know, thanking Sooner Nation. And one thing that I do have to make sure that we do remember is a possibility is that he did say on the graphic that staying or remaining at OU was definitely a possibility. So, uh Brandon or Ton, either one of you, go ahead and kind of uh, let's hear kind of your take on kind of your first knee-jerk initial reactions, kind of what you think about this. Y'all can both go. You can figure out who goes first. Uh, In my opinion, I just – I don't see him coming back to Oklahoma. I think once he jumped in the portal, I mean, he's obviously looking for the best NIL deal. Uh, I mean, that's my opinion. Uh, There's – I mean, there's rumors saying that he could come back just – He's trying to get his best offer. I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see a Caleb Williams coming back to OU. Yeah, I, I disagree a little bit. I, I definitely think it's possible that he could stay. I mean, we saw that with the Elise, right? Like, we saw, we saw that he entered the transfer portal and kept his options open in a time of uncertainty whenever – you know, he did that during a time when we didn't know who the head coach would be. We didn't know who the offensive coordinator was going to be. And then once that was kind of hashed out, he he recommitted. And I think that that's a good sign for us. I think that it's a good sign that Caleb Williams even played the bowl game. I think it's very possible that he could still, um, you know, test the waters, see what he has available to him, use that as leverage, and possibly stay at Oklahoma. Well, I tell you what um... – it's it's interesting because of course the one one of the good things about us doing this podcast you know this evening as opposed to yesterday evening is we've had a little more time to digest everything and we've also seen that Mario Williams uh, freshman wide receiver at OU has now entered the transfer portal as well and yeah. Ton you mentioned Theo Wees um, I uh, I'm wondering if he's if Brandon, do you think Theo's possibly regretting it now that he uh, that he came back to OU because of this I, Caleb Williams shakeup? Or I don't know. I that see that's the same thing I was thinking. I don't know. Maybe he thought Caleb Williams was staying because I I truly thought he was staying because he stayed through the bowl game. I mean, stayed through, posted some stuff, kind of made you feel like, all right, yeah, I think Caleb Williams is going to be our guy for the future, and then he hits you with the transfer portal portal and it's just like man i don't know and like i said before uh this whole transfer portal can change your program very quick 
some guys opt out and they want to follow Caleb Williams. Uh, I think you said that yesterday. So, yeah, it's well, Mario, I think is a little different because he didn't really give, he didn't do what Caleb did. Right. I mean, he didn't give the same indication that Oklahoma was still an option. Right. I noticed that too. Yeah. But I did, I did see earlier that, you know, Mario has already officially hit the transfer portal. He's already showing up there. And Caleb did say that he was going to take a few days to kind of mull it over, hang out with his family. But as of right now, he is not officially entered in the portal. That could be, you know, due to paperwork, the like official stuff. Um, but you never know. He's playing with our emotions is what he's doing. But no, <laughs> and doing a good job at it. Oh, yeah. And I can confirm that Caleb is actually on a vacation because I follow him. on, I stalk him on all his social media. <laughs> and I've seen where he's on the beach somewhere and all this good stuff. So um, very interesting stuff. Um, let's kind of, uh, let's kind of, Tom, let's kind of, um, dive into kind of tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your degree and your studies at OU and kind of how this has to do with this, you know, all this, um, name and image likeness and the transfer portal stuff. Yeah. So I, I did a lot in sports management. I took classes on sports marketing, sports sponsorship. I did probably the most impactful class I took was a class called intercollegiate athletics. And it was actually taught by Gerald Gurney, who was an associate um, athletic director until 2011 at the university. Um, And it's really interesting though, because, you know, we're having those conversations in class about what the possibility of name and image likeness would look like and now two years later we are kind of getting to see that in play we're getting to see that in action um so yeah definitely very interesting i mean i was writing essays on what that could look like and now it's already in place and it's it's starting to affect college sports in a lot of different ways Understood. And so you said that you wrote some, uh, you know, you wrote some papers and everything about what, you know, what this stuff could look like. Do you remember how accurate what your prediction was about how it compared to how it actually is? Um, it, it's pretty accurate. I mean, I will say that I don't want this to turn into a NCAA hate podcast, but that is kind of <laughs> my feeling. I, I have a lot of aggression towards the NCAA and I I really like NIL I think that it is a great step in the direction to reform college sports and take some of the power away from you know the massive nonprofits that the NCAA you know says that they are when they're not right Um, I think that the players kind of take back a little bit of control and I like it. I'm, I'm all for NIL. I hear you. And, um, I don't want to speak for Brandon here, but, um, I would imagine that Brandon and I will let him speak here very quickly, but, um, I, I believe that he'd probably be an advocate of NIL being a former college athlete and stuff as well. But I mean, even me just as an average Joe fanboy of uh, college sports, I'm, I'm all about the players. I mean, they definitely deserve, um, you know, from my point of view, they deserve to uh, get compensated. I mean, in the past, they were talking about stipends and doing some different things to, you know, take care of these athletes that definitely take care of the universities, especially at your blue blood college football programs. But um, Brandon, so um, 
what let's hear about it man what do you i mean you're are you in favor of nil is from a sense of like them getting paid somehow oh yeah i'm down for the uh players getting paid because just from being a former player and a student athlete just i mean you it's a it's a full-time job with both of those you know you're waking up with class you got film you got weights uh you got study hall all that stuff you don't have time for a job or in any kind of income and you're already a broke college student as it is so yeah i'm i'm totally down for the athletes getting paid for you know especially at the d1 level how much money they bring into their institution uh and it wasn't getting dished out to them fairly at all and i think they found a way to do it but i also think i also think that there are cons to the nil that are affecting teams uh, just as we've seen in the past couple of days, I, I just truly believe it's all about the money nowadays, though. For sure. And I think, I, I think again, I don't ever want to speak for all of you, know, you two, but I, I would assume we could probably agree that, you know, we're so early in this that, I, that they're going to have to kind of uh, watch it grow and develop and babysit it and see what they can do to improve it. Um, do Ton, Brandon, do y'all have kind of any just – I know we've only been into this NIL stuff for a year or so. Do you have any, at this point, um, in the youth of NIL, do you have any ideas or suggestions that you might think would make NIL a little bit better? I mean, that's a hard one just because I think that NIL, in theory, and how it's currently being used in practice is a lot different. So, right, in theory, NIL is meant to level the playing field right so a college athlete therefore has the ability to make money off of their own brand their name their image their likeness just the same as you know cindy lou in marketing class who is an instagram influencer you know before they college athletes couldn't do that they couldn't make money on youtube or instagram or whatever for promoting a product that they like and I think in theory that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to level the playing field so that all college students academic athlete whatever have the ability to you know chase after those opportunities that provide financial support right absolutely and so I think if they can ever get to um, terms on how they can figure out how to, you know, make it to where it's quote unquote fair, which we all know we're, we're all taught at a very young age that life isn't fair. Um, it certainly seems that way with NIL right now, because as it sits today, it just basically seems like the universities with the donors that have the deepest pockets are going to have, obviously, um, for the most part, the, uh, the most to offer when it comes to NIL. However, um, it isn't all just donors, you know, as we all understand, giving money to these kids. It's companies, it's businesses, you know, allowing the kids to do advertisement opportunities and uh, different things like that. Right. But I think, like, if we're being honest with ourselves, that was happening before NIL. Okay. I mean, we already had some power schools that were able to pay more. And they were more enticing to go to. I mean, freaking UCF, they're, they have plans to create a lazy river outside of their stadium. I mean, <laughs> that's huge for recruiting. Like, little crap like that. I guess it's not little. Big crap like that. 
that's already giving schools an advantage and that's not even having anything to do with NIL. I mean, the schools and the football program separate from the school already make money on, you know, TV broadcasting from donors, from admission, from um, brand sponsorships that have nothing to do with the students and they weren't getting a cut of that even before NIL. Right, right. And I, I just find it so interesting because uh, back before, I know this is going to sound stupid, this is probably a really stupid comment, honestly, so just get ready, you've been warned. But um, I, I've never understood, like, especially the, the days before NIL, um, I've never understood, like, why places like, you know, I regrettably say USC, Miami, the University of Hawaii, all these, like, beachy, sunny places where it's just, like, you know, paradise weather. I mean, you're an 18-year-old kid. That stuff's pretty enticing, you know what I mean? And so, like, mm-hmm. I've always thought, like, how come Hawaii doesn't just have it rolling? But, I mean, I I get that, though. It's a distance thing, I'm sure. Lots of airfare. Well, and-, and I think not only that, it's like Hawaii has so much else going for them. They have so many other things. They're tour- people- the, yeah, they're tourist stuff. Yeah, their, their economy is focused on a lot of different areas, whereas Oklahoma, <laughs> all we've really got, other than the Thunder, which is also new, is football. Oh, you and football, our, damn it. Yeah, I mean, our our population, our economy thrives around that. And our population loves to give money to that. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, so, Brandon, do you do you think that it's going to – what are your what, – what's your thoughts, Brandon, on how long NIL as it sits today, the way it is, how long do you think it's going to be like this? Or do you think – the NCAA and all these different athletic directors from around the country at all these universities are going to, you know, start putting some pen to paper and put some thought to this and try to refine it and put some, you know, some rules or some caps on some of this. How, how long do you think it's going to be before we see some changes to NIL? I mean, there's no telling. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it just depends on how many schools kind of get screwed over with the whole thing. I think OU's taking the most beating with it. <laughs> it hadn't had to, enjoyed as much as they've gotten to been tortured with it but right and and, I don't I, know. and I'm gonna play devil's advocate just a little bit here and I just want to let you know I do completely agree with you but we I think sometimes some of us OU fans are quick to forget that we have benefited from transferring and transfer portal mm-hmm. particularly over the last couple two or three yeah. seasons because you yeah. know Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray Jalen Hurts but I, your point is well taken. You are exactly right. There is definitely not a college football program right now that has been through the roller coaster ride that is Oklahoma football between uh, that that football coach out west, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, way out west on in LA. Uh, He started it all. He was like the major domino that fell, and then it's just been insane in Norman, man. I mean. So, so let's get to this real quick. Speaking of everything happening, so we've talked about the Caleb stuff. We've talked a little NIL. We've talked some transfer portal. Speaking of transfer portal, UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Um, Brandon Ton, rock, paper, scissors for it. Don't care who goes next. Um, what do you guys think about Dylan Gabriel, and do you think that his decision was heavily weighed due to Caleb uh, entering the transfer portal? Yes, I definitely do think it was. Uh, it seemed like right after Caleb Williams posted that he was hitting the portal, that it was very shortly after Gabriel uh, posted that he was committed to OU. And uh, 
I think I think it's a good pickup. You know, it's better than not having anybody with any experience. Uh, he's played two seasons, I believe, at UCF. Uh, I think I saw a stat around 8,000 yards, 78 touchdowns. Uh, so the, the guy's got experience at the D1 level. I know it's not power five, but, I mean, you can go play. You can go play, so. For sure, it'll be um, interesting to see what he yeah. does. Dude broke his collarbone. And so, yeah. uh, Ton, do you have anything you want to, you need to add to that or? Um, I truly don't know that much about Dylan Gabriel. I'm sure that in the span of it, it was very calculated. I, I don't know how they pulled that off. Um, OU was very swift to make an announcement after Caleb Williams and then very swift to make the announcement about Dylan Gabriel. Um, so I'm sure that there was some canoodling going on. I just don't quite know how for sure and so Brandon do you think um do you think that Jeff Lebby uh him getting named offensive coordinator had really anything to do with it because unless I am mistaken Brandon I believe that uh Dylan Gabriel had his sights set on UCLA uh yeah I think so I think I heard that Lebby uh recruited Gabriel out of high school or out of out of something I don't know uh but yeah I think I think he's for sure the reason uh Gabriel's here he even tweeted something dime time champ you something like that so I think I think he's ready for his guy to come in and I also think that's another reason why I think Caleb Williams is not coming back uh I just I don't know I wouldn't count on it you know what I'm saying yeah and I mean I think I'm kind of like right there somewhere in between you and Ton on thinking, you know, whether Caleb will come back to OU or not. And I I realize that neither one of you are like 100% sure either way, but I kind of get the feeling that Ton seems to think that he may come back, you know, more than you do. And uh, I'm just kind of sitting on the fence like I really don't know what to think. I But at this point, since Dylan Gabriel is coming now, I kind of feel like maybe that'll – it's either going to do one of two things. It's either going to make Caleb say, okay, now I won't be the bad guy as much because they do have a semi-legit quarterback coming in and it'll make it easier for him to, in fact, go elsewhere. Or it, the compute, it, might, it might be some competitive juices that start flowing and he'd be like, nah, this boy thinks he's going to come in and take over. That's not going to happen. Yep. Now, real quick, something I just learned earlier today. So – I'm 99.999% confident that you both watched uh, the Alamo Bowl and freshman wideout, uh, can't remember his first name, but last name Farouk, looked pretty impressive. You guys know who I'm talking about? For <laughs> no OU? Idea. I, no, we and we stopped watching in the fourth quarter. We actually went to bed <laughs> like old people we it's are. It's like a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Well, in, so, a, in all fairness, it was kind of a snoozer game. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, there's this true freshman uh, wide receiver, and his last name is Farouk. And uh, dude looked pretty freaking impressive uh, to the extent to where I was like, where has he been all season? And I end up doing a little bit of research, and it turns out that I think he had a catch in the Kansas game that we almost lost. And also um, had a couple of end arounds and stuff this season. But, dude, I'm telling you, like, if y'all watch the game again or look it up, I'm sure the highlights are somewhere on YouTube, whatever. But he looks pretty impressive. But here's the interesting thing. So Mario Williams, Sooner wide receiver, goes to the transfer portal. Well, guess who Farouk's roommate is at OU? <laughs> Take a wild guess. 
Mario Williams. Nope. It is Caleb Williams. Really? Yeah. So I'm I would be really shocked if we don't lose another wide receiver. And it even it stings even more because I'm telling you, dude, kid looked really impressive. And so it's just like, man, we're just taking hit after hit. And like I just I really can't explain it. I'm trying to like remove as much of my heart and emotion out of this as much as possible and not let all this just like ruin my life. (laughs) But like, it's to me, like I was sitting there thinking earlier as I was like browsing through Instagram and Twitter earlier today. And I'm seeing this, you know, where Mario Williams is leaving and like kind of scrolling through the comments. Of course, you're going to have your trolls like you always do. And um, it's in a way I kind it's like, there's a, there's a certain little, injection of embarrassment to me like it's kind of like it's making (laughs) OU look bad like it's like nobody wants to stay at OU but then again it's kind of offset by people like Dylan Gabriel coming in and um, also we haven't talked about um, I believe his last name is Bates this defense or he's he was something on the defensive staff for Clemson I think their main the director of recruiting I uh, don't know if you guys have heard about that, but we have him coming in, so it's pretty yep. exciting I think stuff. Gonna, <clears throat> I think he's going to be with the D-line. Okay, D-line and then recruiting, right? So, yeah. man, yep. Brent Brent has put his stamp, uh, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, um, yeah. I think he's got two or three guys from Clemson coming with him. And so, you know, Clemson was pretty good good at defense. So, oh, yeah. I guess, I guess that's a good thing, right? Yeah. No doubt about that. I think that's good. I think we're being it'll bring a more fiscal uh, touch to the defensive side. I thought we kind of got soft in the past couple of years. Definitely got soft. Uh, you know how Britt Venables is. He's a freaking wire. So, man, that dude looks I, like he could put the pads on tomorrow and oh, lay somebody yeah. out. I like he could. He he could give you at least four downs. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Um, yeah. So. Um, all right, so at this point, let's shift gears a little bit and let's kind of talk about loyalty versus business when it comes to um, these athletes that have come in and they've been recruited to play at a university and how their decision on entering the transfer portal or staying, how it affects us fans. Because at the end of the day, I... I'll be the first to rise up and admit that, you know what? I grew up in Oklahoma. I was Kel Gundy for Halloween a couple times when I was a kid. Uh, I, cr- I literally, I can't believe I'm going to admit this on air, but I, I actually remember crying one time when OU lost a football game in the 90s. And so I was probably doing a lot of crying because they were terrible back then. And so anyways, um, I, I know that, I know that I get, ticked off at some of these players just my initial knee-jerk reaction is just to get ticked off I'm like oh my gosh just leave then if you don't want to be at OU then whatever but like I said earlier in the podcast I do understand if I tr- do my best attempt at putting myself in the player's shoes that I do understand that they're just looking out for their best interest I, I don't want to speak for Brandon here but I just think that I'm a little bit more um a little bit more selfish than probably what Ton is as, as far as just <laughs> understanding this so, Brandon or Ton, uh, I want you both to weigh in about kind of what your thoughts are on, on that. Um, well, like you said, as a fan, as an alumni, obviously I think that OU is the greatest. I think that we have 
tradition and legacy. I think that we are, are a top tier program and it's hard to fathom why anyone would ever leave that. But also from a business standpoint, from a young person, I can't imagine staying somewhere that wasn't in my best interest, especially after, you know, it's a different program now than what they signed up for. It's a different coaching staff. We don't know how that coaching staff is going to work together. We don't know if they're going to be cohesive. We don't know if they're going to be cohesive with the players. And if that is going to be a detriment to the players and their ability to go forward and have exposure for the pro level, I don't see why it's a problem for them to explore those options, especially if we are, you know, all for student athletes and their future and having opportunities. Which we should be. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say, which is the point of college, right? To better ourselves right. and get ourselves prepared for the future. Right. Brandon. That's just, that's just what I think. I'm with you. So Brandon, what do you, what do you think, man? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like Brandon's. Uh, it's all good, man. Brandon had those competitive juices, or not the competitive juices, but like he had that true serum seep, and he's like, "Do they really want me to tell the truth of how I feel about these players, or do I need to take a step back and be, you know, put myself in their shoes?" But anyways, stage is yours, Brandon. Yeah, I just I'm I'm all about loyalty. Uh, I was a guy you know, at OBU that didn't get any playing time. Uh, it was always the backup, but I didn't transfer. You know, I always – I battled for that spot. Just, you know, never – I mean, that's how it happens sometimes. But you don't come up with it. I don't know. I just think kids these days – and this is not even to do with Caleb Williams. I'm a loyalty guy, and I just – I would have loved to see Caleb Williams stay. Yeah, I mean, and man, you're uh, – I promise you, you're not the only one that would love to see Caleb Williams stay, even amidst – uh, Dylan Gabriel transferring. So let me ask you both this. Let's say that Caleb Williams does kind of shock us. I mean, it'd be a shock to me, to be honest. And he actually stays in Norman. What do you think Dylan Gabriel then does? Because maybe one of you are more, maybe Brandon or Tom, maybe one of you are more informed than I am on this transfer portal stuff. But to my knowledge, I don't know why, but this is in my brain for some reason. Don't you only get one time to actually utilize the transfer portal? Then after that, if you want to transfer, it's like the old school rules to where you have to sit out a year. So what I'm getting at is how does this work? Does does When you hit the transfer portal, does your use of the transfer portal actually start once you take a class, once you sit in a seat on campus, or is it when you basically come out and officially say you're in the transfer portal? All this to basically say if Caleb Williams stays – has Dylan Gabriel then burnt up his transfer portal to where he can't transfer without the one year sitting out penalty? I truly, <clears throat> I truly don't know. I would assume that if he doesn't actually utilize that transfer, then he would still have that available to him in the future. I, I, I'm not certain on that, but that in my mind is how it should work. Yeah, um, I, that sounds right. I think. It, he's got to be on campus for that transfer to be. I don't know. I don't know if he signed a like a letter and right, right. A le, you know, a letter intent or whatever. But I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe when it's pinned to paper, that that's when your first 
I mean, that could be it. I don't know. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. see, I was listening to a sports talk radio here, you know, local in the Oklahoma City market earlier today, and they were basically saying that he was actually enrolled at UCLA <coughs> and about to start classes, like, either at the end of this week or next week. And the way they were talking and kind of the idea that I got from them was once he sat in that seat and started actual classes, that that's when his he would officially have used his transfer, his one-time you know, instant transfer portal. So Mm -hmm. um, it is all so very interesting. And uh, like I said, man, uh, (laughs) you had, uh, oh my gosh, drawing a blank, uh, Mario Williams, and then I'm worried about Farouk now, Marvin Mims. What do you guys, do either one of you have any thoughts or ideas at all what you think Marvin Mims might do? From what I've heard, this guy is a program guy, loyalty guy, very smart kid. But, you know, you never know. I, I truly didn't think Caleb Williams was going to transfer, and, he, and he's in the portal. So you never know. But I'm hoping, and I, in my opinion, I think Mibs is here to stay. But you never know. Yeah, you don't. Ton, do you – I mean, do you have any idea? Do you want to say anything at all? <laughs> I don't know. Does the portal have like an end date when they can close it? I mean, it could be up to the decision of Caleb Williams and what that looks like if he decides to enter. Um, But like Brandon, I think he's a program guy, but same thing. He's got to do what's best for him in his future. And if that is jeopardized by Caleb Williams leaving or the program itself, then there's a chance he could go. Okay, so that point's well taken there. Um, so I, I'm going to – I have to make a little disclaimer here because I, I'm telling everybody that's listening to this podcast right now that I do not 110% uh, know this for a fact, but I am uh, 70% sure that the transfer portal does not have like a window or an, or you know what I mean? Like I'm pretty sure you can do it right in the middle of the season. Now the only thing about that – is if you were to transfer in the middle of the season, you would have to wait until you would be, you know, you'd have to wait till the next season. It's not like you could play week five at OU versus, yeah. you know, Kansas and then play for OSU next week versus Texas. You know what I mean? But, yeah, um, exactly. but so I, I say all that to say, I think one of the things that would really, really, we, we were talking about the things that, you know, we think that these uh, university presidents and athletic directors and the NCAA, the things that they need to do to get together to improve um, NIL and the transfer portal. And I think one immediate thing that they could do to just immensely improve the transfer portal is they need to have a window. Kind of like, you know, you have to, there's a signing day. You have, when you're getting recruited, you have to sign by a certain time. I think mm-hmm. as soon as that national championship game every year is over, or at least the day after or something, from then clear up into, I don't know, whatever date, I think that should be a transfer portal window. And I think that that would help immensely because that's also going to help coaches uh, be able to get kind of a handle on, okay, here's what our roster is going to look like. You know what I'm saying? Instead of wondering, like, clear up until kickoff in early September, who's going to transfer in? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think there's got to be an adjustment made uh, where things can get ugly for a lot of teams and things can get – I mean, things can look – I mean, it can be on the bright side for some teams, you know. Uh, just look at South Carolina. They got two – I mean, Spencer Rattler and uh, the tight end, 18. I'm going to blank on his name. Austin Stogner. 
Yes, Austin <laughs> Sawyer. So, I mean, it shows. And even though you've seen, like you said, oh, you've seen the good side of the portal. But like you said, I do, I do agree. I think there does need to be adjustments. Con, is there any I, further um, additions or adjustments to the transfer portal you can think of? I like what you said, Dylan, but I just wonder how that affects recruiting. I mean, if you don't, if you're recruiting based on a number of players that you have before that opens yeah. and then that changes, how does that affect recruiting then? Well, that's a good point too. It's like, it's almost like no matter what you do, there's going to be a problem, but Hey, that's pretty much life. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what you ever do in life, there's always going to be problems. And so, right. Um, or maybe we do like a non-compete situation. Like, you know, nobody goes to USC after Lincoln Riley leaves. Maybe that's part of a transfer portal, you know, well, stipulation. I don't know. Okay. I, I, so, so let's, I don't know. let's rewind this whole thing for a little bit. And can either one of you like explain to me why NIL, I'm, I'm sorry, why the transfer portal even became a thing to begin with? Is it because of COVID? What was wrong with the way we were doing, we were handling transfers before? I think those sitting out. Yeah, things. the year, the year yeah. sitting, and I and I can see that. I think I don't think any kid wants to sit out a year mm-hmm. more than they already have to. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, of course not, not. But you know what, Brandon? To play. Well, I know they don't, but you know what? I don't want to get up every morning and go to work. I just want a million dollars every day. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. like I don't. There's got to be some kind of structure or. I, I don't know. I mean, dude, dude, I'm not. I'm not trying to be tacky. I'm not trying to. I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, no, I hear you. I hear you. There's. I mean, there's all. There's all kinds of ways to it. Uh, I don't know. It's just I. I. I like it better this way. Uh, you know, you can get a guy from that plays at one school, and then the next year you don't have to sit him. He doesn't have to sit out. You know, he can come his senior year. You know, right. So I think there is there is benefits from it. Uh, and there's, I mean, that's how life is. There's pros and cons to everything. So yeah, and I don't know. I'm you, you. I don't know if y'all disagree with me or, on this or not. But I would almost be more of a fan of being able to somehow hammer down and clearly define, crystal clear, black or white, make it a conditional um, tran- uh, transfer portal type thing to where. I would be. I think I'd be more of a fan of just like it being like it used to be. We had to sit out a year, but I think there should be certain instances, kind of like in the world of red shirting, how you have your medical red shirts. I think I think maybe there should be some kind of conditions. But then again, if you open up uh, that can of worms, then you got more problems. You know, like well, are you trying yeah. to say so and so is more sick than me? We're both sick. I can't help. It. You right. see what I mean? So there's always gonna yeah. be problems. I mean, like you're saying, that that would be a great idea, but there's so much gray area. There are no, there's no way to plan for all of the reasons that could still be valid reasons for people that need to transfer. I mean, family issues, academics. I mean, there's a whole host of different reasons why someone may need or want to transfer. Absolutely. I mean, and that's kind of like what I'm saying. Like you just pretty much you just you'd be opening up a can of worms if you're yeah. trying to make it conditional. So it's almost like it has to be the complete wild west where just mm-hmm. everybody can transfer or nobody at all. So, uh, so Brandon, being that you played, you know, you played some college ball at OBU, and uh, so what I'm wondering is, is outside of the D1 world, is this how does do you know? Uh, on that level, is, did they have transfer portal? How does the transfer uh, situation or um, how does it work there? 
Well, it, I think it works the same both ways now because I remember it being the D2 level. If I wanted to transfer, I would have to set out a year. Is that just for the same, like, conference? See, or? well, that was – that was the thing. I think if you switched in your same conference, that it was two years actually. Really? Yeah. Because I thought wow. like if you if you did it outside of your conference, then it was not such a big yeah deal. Yeah. Still. Uh, I don't know. Don't. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't. No. I don't know about you, but I'm. Tell, I I gotta make sure that everybody knows that I'm not sitting here trying to say that I'm an expert on any of this. Yeah. And I'm sure y'all are probably. Wanting to right. say the same things, but uh, so yep. what about what about nil? Uh, can so bull, you know your little brother Brandon, um, can he? I mean, can he? How does that work? Can he make some money yeah. somehow if he could figure out how to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could make money. Uh, they, I mean, I think for as far as I know, it, it's the same rules, you know. Okay, gotcha. Just gotcha. because they're part of the NCA, right? Right. Yeah, man, it's just so interesting. So. So basically, like, it just kind of blows my mind because I've never really just sit and thought about it. So, you know, if this was five years ago, or, or let, yeah, let's just say three to five years ago when you were playing college ball, Brandon, like, if if you started a successful YouTube channel and you got your channel monetized where you could make ad revenue, you would have got in trouble, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. E- even, if, even if your YouTube channel was just, like, you doing, like, I don't know, like family vlogs, not like nothing even relating to OBU or football at all. Would you still have gotten yeah. trouble? Yeah. How? Yeah, was, I, I, I mean, I, how? I, they just they because didn't. they don't know like the motives for which people are paying you. Man, like if they're paying you and they're saying, you know, on the side, well, you need to throw this game or throw that, or we're paying yeah. you for that. I mean. It's just, but but what what's the difference in in Brandon having a success, successful YouTube channel three years ago playing playing football at OBU, and, or and and having a YouTube channel or just waiting tables? Like I know that they can wait table. First of all, I know you guys don't have the time, but just in a fantasy yeah. world where you could make money waiting tables, how come you can wait tables and make money, but you couldn't have because a YouTube you're not- channel? Because you're not making money off of your name, image, and likeness. Like, you're providing a service through a third party. Well, I, and Ton, I, I see what you're saying, but we we all know that's kind of BS because I'm sorry, if Caleb yeah. Williams was waiting tables in Norman, Oklahoma, I don't care what anybody <laughs> says, that restaurant will be popping. Yeah, yep. so, and he's making be. tips, too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and you got yeah. some yeah. donors like, here you go, buddy, here's $500 <laughs> yeah. tip. Well, I will say, like, they discouraged that. I remember in our orientation, they they really discouraged outside of having, like, a student-based job on campus. They discouraged you to have any kind of job outside of that. Okay, so, I, I mean, and that makes total sense. So, like, this is going to be a really stupid question that I already know the answer to. But, okay, so guys, just kind of stay with me here. So here in Oklahoma, uh, medical marijuana, all that stuff's passed, and, you know, we can do this. And then, like, we're starting to see some stuff where there's, like, prison reform to where some of these, uh, some of the inmates and things like that, the offenders in the back in the day that, you know, got in trouble for things with marijuana that you wouldn't today, they're starting, you know, to get released and all this and that. So I say all that, is there ever a scenario or possibility to where like a Reggie Bush or some of these players that violated 
terms back in the day. <laughs> you can see where I'm going with this. Yeah, get their eligibility. Well, can he have his Heisman? Yeah. Can Reggie have his yeah. Heisman back? Because right. he's not doing any. He didn't do anything back then that these kids aren't completely legal to do now. How right. is it fair so, that Quinn Ewers, a Texas high school player, can take a million dollars and go to Ohio State redshirt and then transfer to Texas? Dude made a million dollars for doing nothing, not playing a single down. But Reggie Bush, who was who made millions of dollars for USC, not to mention completely annihilated my Sooners and pissed me off. <laughs> he gets his Heisman taken away. I mean, like, it's just, I just think yeah. that, like, I don't know. You guys see where I'm going with that, though. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, I don't know. And I guess, I guess, you know, we'll just, it's just a waiting game like anything else. We'll just have to see. But uh, it's just all so very interesting. And so, just real quick, this is going to kind of come out of, you know, out of nowhere. And I don't know, Ton, if you'll want to take part in this question or not. And you absolutely feel free to if you want. But, Brandon, uh, followed by Ton. Brandon, give me your top three schools that if Caleb Williams does in fact transfer to, give me your top three schools in order that you do that you would be insanely pissed if he went to. <laughs> mm. Well, my first two would be definitely Texas and USC. In that order, like Texas number one, then USC. <sighs> yeah, just just because we're going to be playing Texas. I don't think he would ever go to Texas. but Especially with Quinn Ewers being there now. Yeah, and then obviously with Tebow out west, uh, <laughs> I would I would hate to see that. I I don't think he's going there though. But that would be the number one for sure. Well, you have uh, to give me one more. I said three, homie. Uh, let's go with I don't know OSU. That would be a pretty shitty move. <laughs> that would be wild, dude. <laughs> I mean, first of all, he I'm not listen. I know that you OSU fans are out there listening to me, and we're we're talking Oklahoma State, right? Not Ohio State. Just to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, correct. I know you Oklahoma State fans are out there. I love you guys. You all are my friends and all that good stuff. But uh, I I think you would agree with me if you put a truth serum deep down. Caleb Williams would be possibly the most questionable human alive if he left being the starting quarterback for the University of Oklahoma to go to Oklahoma State. And I know it's funny I say that because Oklahoma State just did, in fact, beat OU. But, I mean, OU's a blue blood and Oklahoma State's not. Anyways, I'm talking too much. Ton, what about do you? What, what three schools would – you can either do your three schools that you would hate to see him go to or your three schools that would be most surprising, your pick. Um, well, as an OU fan, obviously, like Brandon, it, it would sting a little for him to go to OSU, Texas, USC. Um, but as a football fan in general, I am a proponent for Caleb Williams to go anywhere that holds up the integrity of competition. And I think that he can go, you know, that can happen anywhere that can help us that can hurt us um but we always seem to play a little bit better with the chip on our shoulder no matter who we're playing Ton, so <laughs> in life there is a high road and there is a low road and me and brandon are both got cruise control set on the low road and you're up above us in altitude person. taking over i hate i hate to be that person but i love a good just grind and i love a chip on our shoulder and like I said, I want Caleb Williams to stay. I think there's a chance that he will. Um, but I cannot hold it against him for leaving. It's yeah. just not in me. 
Well, you know. and that, and that's the thing too. I think we all realize that. I'll hold it against <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset too, man. I'm right there with you because I mean, let's just face it. The truth is, is that we are an insanely better football program next season if Caleb Williams stays than if he doesn't. Absolutely. But I mean, again, uh, the difference is, is that Caleb Williams is a kid from Washington D.C. grew up in Maryland. And um, probably didn't care about OU football growing up. He never probably thought in his wildest dreams he would play there. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know the kid. But that would just be my guess. And, you know, um, Otibo, he as much as I despise him now, I'm still not, you know, uh, crazy enough to sit here and say, man, he's not a good coach. He's not a good offensive mind. He's not a good quarterback coach. Because he absolutely is. And so I can totally understand um, the attraction that Caleb had to come play for Lincoln, who coached, you know, Baker and Kyler, and which both did pretty good for themselves, winning Heisman's and getting picked number one overall. So I can definitely, you know, see the uh, attraction there. But it's just as an OU fan, it just pisses me off. And uh, <laughs> I think I think he's gone. And just real quick, I, my top three, I definitely know my top two. Number one's for sure USC. Uh, Number two is Texas, and then I don't know why I said top three because really I don't even have a third. But uh, let's just roll. I'll just say Texas A&M just from the simple fact that OU is going to – well, it ain't going to matter. We're not going to be in the SEC by the time Caleb's in the NFL. But uh, Texas A&M just one of them places, man. Kyle Field, they get rowdy down there. It's a good good program. And plus, I'm not a big Jimbo Fisher fan, their head coach, so – Anyways, that that's our that's our three. Um, okay, so I've been in the driver's seat as the host, kind of you know driving this uh, show, giving us topics to talk about and all that. Now I'm going to actually sit in the back seat. And Brandon or Ton, do you guys have anything that uh, any topics or anything you guys want to talk about? Man, I don't know. Kind of put me on the spot. Let's think. Uh, uh, let's let's talk about maybe. Do we know? I mean, I I think we saw a – I don't know how legit this is. I saw a chart with uh, some schools that Caleb Williams, that they thought he was going to go to, uh, Miami, LSU, uh, Auburn, and another school I can't remember. Uh, Have you heard anything uh, about – he may be departing somewhere else. Yeah, man. So I've seen that same graphic, and the interesting thing that I found was I don't think Georgia was on it. And that's kind of a rumor that we've heard was about Georgia supposedly coming up with $2 million. But, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I remember seeing Auburn, and I remember seeing Miami. Who were the other ones you said? Uh, who was it? Oh, it, uh, it was Auburn, Miami, LSU. Yes, LSU. And then, there might have been another one, but I can't remember what it was. Well, uh, Auburn, I wouldn't understand. And now, okay, so anybody flashing a bunch of green dollar bill, like hundred dollar bills, uh, I'm gonna understand. So, like, if Auburn's the highest bidder, then I understand it. But just from mm-hmm. speaking purely from program prestige and where the current positions of these programs, I can get LSU. Uh, I could, you know, I could even uh, I don't really understand Miami either. But I guess that's the whole thing with all of this transfer portal and NIL stuff is that um, there's not a whole lot of understanding going on. Yeah. I, I can see Georgia, you know. Uh, oh, I can definitely see Georgia. I, I mean, can see Georgia, no doubt. Because that dude's a walk-on or something, isn't he? Their quarterback yeah. right now. Yeah. And their defense is pretty <laughs> legit, so. 
Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah. So, um, real quick, let's let's uh, let's actually get off of the NIL and the transfer portal stuff, and let's just talk a little bit about this uh, big, huge college football uh, national championship SEC rematch coming up. Um, what do you What do you guys think? Have you watched enough Georgia and Alabama football season to give a, a pretty good uh, analysis of what you think is going to happen or who's going to win? I I don't know. I've watched. I didn't watch the first game in the uh, SEC championship, but uh, I watched the highlights, and I it was a great game. I I think it's going to be a, another great game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Uh, I'm pulling for Georgia. I uh, I want to see. Uh, Kirby Smart get his first win uh, with his former coach Nick Saban. So I'm I'm actually pulling for the Bulldogs, but I hope they do not get Caleb Williams. I know that. <laughs> Ton, what about you? Do you do you want to share who you either think's going to win or who you want to win? Um, I think I'm in agreement with Brandon. I agree. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, root for the Bulldogs as well, and that's I'm just I'll just straight up admit I'm being an Alabama mm-hmm. hater. I'm getting tired of seeing them. It's someone else's turn. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I'm totally fine with some teams making you know a run and having all this mm-hmm. success, but I, we're I mean seriously, the, everybody outside of Tuscaloosa is tired of Alabama. Yeah, and so uh, I res- yeah, love love Nick Saban, respect him. He's the goat for sure. Natty Nick, Natty Nick, but I. Uh, I want to see Kirby Smart getting one for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, but then my fear is is that then Kirby Smart's going to get it freaking rolling, and then Georgia's going to be the next Alabama for the next ten years. So yeah. hey, whatever. Well, we we yeah, we thought that with LSU though, and they kind of fell off. Fell off for sure. So well, so my question is is how in the heck did Clemson? Uh, how did Clemson, of all people, get it going there pretty hardcore? And, I mean, they're still not done. They just had a down year, which they might be done now that Brent's gone. But uh, how how in the world did Clemson, like, kind of rise up overnight almost, it felt like, to be so successful? Man, I don't know. I think uh, Watson and that group really set the tone there. And then, you know, kids start seeing successful – oh, that team just won a national championship. I want to go play with them. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good like recruits, yeah, inertia, really stuff, yep. no for sure. And so, I mean, and that's, <laughs> and that's why the wind was just punched out of my gut so hard is when Tebow <laughs> left is because I truly did feel like he was on the verge of really oh, getting it going was, and doing something special, bro. I mean, he was. There's no, there's no doubt about it. You can't. It's hard to say it, but look at. I mean, the guys followed him out to yeah. out to USC. They fought like they're there because <laughs> of that guy right now. Uh, but I think we'll just we'll be fine. I, I think we'll be fine too. And I have I have to admit that this is going to be a little bit of, you know, the uh, the boomer bill or the you know what I'm basically saying is is like the under the OU underwear wearing self that I'm. I think <laughs> that I think that Lincoln has seriously. I, I think that Tebow. I won't say his name. I think that. Since he took over for Bob, in which he was handed a very nice, shiny Cadillac of a program, I think we can all agree. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's, I mean, the program's kind of, I don't know if I, decline's probably too strong of a word to use, but it's not like. Complacent. Yeah, exactly. And like the defense has definitely gotten better, which I will have to say that is a credit to Grinch. Now, I'm not saying I think yeah. Grinch was the absolute best defensive coordinator, but we can definitely see improvement uh, on the de- defensive side of the ball. And it's it really is a shame to think about 
the insanely good high octane offenses that we just completely wasted because mm-hmm. of that terrible defense. That team, yeah. that team that got beat by Georgia in the semifinal in the Rose Bowl, what was that, yep. 16 or 17 with Baker and all them? Yeah. Dude, I mean, think about these names on that offensive side of the ball, and y'all can help me out. Baker Mayfield, Mark Andrews, Joe Mixon, uh, C.D. Lamb. Uh, oh, my – I mean, like, it goes on forever. Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood Brown. I mean, dude, it just goes on forever. Uh, like, <laughs> if – if, You know what's sad? That's all – like you said, that's all, all. I mean, you can't. I I can't mm-hmm. name a defensive guy off that team that's just a standout. You know what I'm I, saying? I can name one, Brandon, and that is uh, Kenneth Murray, who currently plays yes. linebacker okay. for the. You know, because he was a stud. It, it, it okay. It kills yeah. me. He was a true freshman I, I on that he team. He was a true freshman. Yep. Yep. I forget he was a freshman on that team. Dude and, was a stud. And he struggled. He, he oh struggled he did that game. He yep. did struggle that game, but he he is a stud. He grew with Oklahoma. And uh, and I think Oklahoma developed that kid very well. So yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, got a little uh, off topic of the main topic of the podcast there, but uh, I, I think guys that we're probably getting you know semi close to wrapping it up. Do do either of you have anything else? And I mean, it doesn't have to be nil or transfer portal. But do you have anything else you want to chit chat a little bit before we start wrapping this thing up? Like I said, I don't want this to be a NCAA hate podcast, but it's that's okay if it is. For, that's probably for a whole nother, a whole nother episode. Oh, we'll do it. I like I said, <clears throat> I think that this is a great opportunity for reform, and I think we will see some big changes as we've already seen this season um, in the coming seasons as well. Well, I'll tell you both something real quick that the absolute. Best thing about NIL, without a question, hands down, 110%, the best thing that's come of NIL is that the EA Sports NCAA video game <laughs> will get to make a comeback, baby. Yep. Because exactly. that's the whole reason that's it went away is because people were, you know, customizing and uploading their own rosters with all the real players' names. And uh, so I know, Ton, I know you're going to be super thrilled and excited to get to see Brandon throwing his controller through the TV and getting pissed oh, off. Oh, Does he do fly off the handle from time to time? Huh? Does he fly off the handle sometimes? Um, I would just – it's a, on a regular basis, absolutely. <laughs> I would say at this point we are considering not having a gaming console for that very reason. So, Brandon, are you yeah, going to go for that? There's some time there. Uh, I don't know. I, I might have to. I've been asking for one for a long time. You can ask. You can ask I, all you want. I get turned down every time. So, I well, know, I might have to get it myself. No, what you need I, to do. I know for a fact when that game drops, I will go get it for myself. You can play it at your cousin's house. I yeah. don't see a problem with that at all. Well, what I was going to say was, Brandon, is you could just, you know, start eating really, really good, start lifting weight, start, you know, throwing <laughs> the ball around, go somewhere, play some ball, get you an NIL deal, and then you'll have plenty of money to buy you a PlayStation. Yeah. Man, I wish. I, <laughs> I wish. Well, guys, I enjoyed it. And before I cut you loose, it is now time for one more thing. Well, it's time for one more thing. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Just one more. So the one more thing that I have to say before we close this out with our awesome guest, Brandon and Ton is that, um, guys, we were actually going to do a podcast 
uh, with Brandon and Ton, I had an episode in mind to where we're going to talk about, you know, Brandon and Ton both being former um, college athletes. Uh, Ton played softball, Brandon played football, and we were going to kind of talk about the difference between kind of like what their normal uh, everyday uh, kind of their grind, their schedule, kind of what they did. And obviously, um, compare and contrast the two places that they went to school. So, Ton, give us a little um, a little bit of insight on kind of the differences between uh, where you and Brandon went to school. So we'll kind of have a preview for what the uh, next episode that y'all are going to be on is going to be about. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I think the first obvious thing is that Brandon went to a four-year um, extremely Baptist um private school pretty conservative place yeah pretty pretty high profile if you ask me (laughs) whereas i got my associate's degree at a juco um in tonkawa oklahoma where we were out there just you know partying in the cornfields there was we didn't even have a mcdonald's at that point so (laughs) definitely a big difference well i'm sure brandon never partied one bit (laughs) not in the cornfield i bet yeah not Definitely not in the cornfield, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so, so we're lo- so I'm looking forward to that. Um, don't know an exact date because as I've been, you know, plugging and advertising the show, it's a sporadically released podcast, meaning that I don't have a schedule. Um, I just record when I can, and we'll definitely, uh, you guys will definitely be hearing from Brandon and Ton um, with any luck more than once. I mean, I'd love to have you both on. Um, as many times as you guys want to come on, as long as you guys can think of some good topics and some things we can talk about, then I'm definitely, the pleasure is all mine to have you guys. I greatly appreciate your time. Uh, you've both been awesome and, uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Thank you, Dylan. I appreciate you so much. For sure. I appreciate you guys. You both brought your, um, some well-informed and unique, uh, insight to our conversation (laughs) today. Way more than I did because I'm not a former athlete and I don't have a, uh, I don't have 10 million degrees like Ton. So anyways, well, uh, guys, uh, appreciate it. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, hopefully I'll be seeing, uh, one, if not both of you at, uh, Jake's ribs in Chickasha on Saturday for <laughs> Bull's birthday. Oh uh, yeah. We'll be there. Bull, if you're listening, uh, you suck for not coming on the show. And, uh, anyways, Brandon, Ton, y'all have a good night and we'll talk to you later. All right, man. See you. See ya. Man, that was super cool. I had a really good time with Brandon and Ton. Once again, guys, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you so much, especially for tuning in and listening to episode two of the Dylan Young Show. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in the next one. At this point, I don't know what the next show will be about, but I am going to do everything in my power to not let it be a sports talk podcast because that's my whole thing with this is... I don't want it to just be talking about sports or anything or any one thing in general. So we'll see what I can do for you to get some other content on here. Uh, please be sure to shoot me an email at the Dylan Young Show at gmail.com. Give me ideas for some topics and uh, we'll get into that stuff. So without any further ado, we're going to close it out. And guys, we will see you on the next show. Have a good night. <laughs>